Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks and welcome to yet another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. As usual, I am joined by my colleagues, Mr. Phil Jesson, Mr. Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. But today we are with a very special guest. Uh, John Lowe is with us. John Lowe is a very experienced business person, 30 years experience. John's run, bought and sold a number of businesses, is currently working as a non-exec chairman, a part-time MD and an advisor to private equity and venture capital companies. And we thought it would be fantastic to have someone of John's experience with us and fire some questions at him and get some sales experience from the, the sharp end of, of his business career. And John, the question I think we've got for you in this session is, you must have recruited and worked with an awful lot of salespeople. You've probably seen the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, but the sales managers that you've you've worked with what in your view is what makes a good sales manager and I guess also maybe if you've got any perspectives on um, on what doesn't I guess that's another that's another way to look at it uh, yeah, yeah I, th- I think a sales manager um, often is, is regarded as you know, the, the candidate for the job is probably the best salesperson, and that's often the biggest mistake that organisations make, yeah. because invariably it doesn't quite work. Um, and what you end up with is your best salesperson is not selling anymore, and your sales manager is not particularly proficient. So you lose at both ends of the scale. Um, and I've seen it. Um, I've, se- I've seen it a few times, and it's um, it's an, it's a common mistake, I think. Um, <clears throat> but the, the qualities of a sales manager. I think the key one is they've got to have um, credibility. So they've got to be um, respected by their team. They have to have uh, all of the qualities that necessary to provide genuine support, guidance, coaching, and mentoring for each of the um, each of the people in their team. I think they've also got to have the capability and desire to. Um, to engage with customers alongside their account managers or their salespeople in a supportive way, to not only observe the quality of the process, but also to add value to the sales engagement. So, you know, if it's a sales call, that they can contribute to it, and that they can do it effectively, and um, and provide aspiration to their account managers, so that you know, they'll follow their example and they'll adopt some of the techniques and the behaviours because they they see them as being successful. So I think it's the most important role within the sales organisation. And yeah, you've got to get the right person. Mm. And in terms of this, um, you know, the, your, your comments about them when they're in call with, with their salesperson supporting them, do you see that as a them setting the kind of best practice example and running the call, or 
do you see that more in a supportive kind of observation coaching capacity or, or indeed a combination of the two? No, I, th- I think it's the latter. They're, they're there really to observe. And if there's any capability or knowledge gaps that they can help to fill, um, then then obviously they would do so. But they're, there, they're not there to run the call or to lead the call because that just undermines the, yeah. um, the position of the salesperson. And... And if they do that, then the salesperson's never going to learn and um, and their confidence isn't, isn't going to get built. So you know, a good quality sales manager will be there to support, guide, and, more, and the critically important part of it is the debrief afterwards so that um, there's a, um, uh, a detailed review of how the call went, what were the, what were the most positive elements, what were the opportunities for improvement and what are the lessons learned and and indeed what are the next steps so what do we do now um, and that debrief process is really where the value of a sales manager comes into its own I think because that's where the development of skills and abilities and knowledge takes place. One of the things that um, irritates salespeople as you will know John is um, filling out weekly or monthly report forms in days of old on a piece of paper, maybe electronically now. Mm. But what what would you expect your sales managers to take out of that data that might on another day add value back to the salesperson? I, I, I often describe it as, um, if, you are, if you're a sales director and you've got two sales managers and 40 salespeople, for example, you have to have the ability to be able to see from your desk all the way through to the sales call activity, the prospecting numbers, the call volumes, um, the activity resulting in proposals, the value of the proposals, and so on and so on. So I think you've got to have the necessary management information in order to be able to not only monitor um, the, uh, the, the level of energy within the sales team, but importantly, to be able to evaluate the success, uh, the level of success and the level of productivity. So, the if if you if you have a salesperson who is uh, providing information and the information suggests that activity is low or success is low, but activity is high, then all of those things give you clues about um, the effectiveness of the salesperson's um, planning, uh, the effectiveness of their uh, sales calls and their conversations with prospects and customers, um, and it provides you with the with the clues about how you can um, improve their performance, improve their outcomes, um, and develop their skills through coaching or training, or be that product, be that. Um, service or albeit personal development around their uh, their techniques in terms of prospecting or selling so that that data is informing you basically 
so you can do your analysis and you, you're making some comparisons and without that data you can't manage a team of that size no. can you really it has, so it's, I think to answer Phil's question it's a, enough data to be able to do that but not, well, it's interesting, not isn't too it, that, much that isn't it? John's treating it as intelligence yes. not data that's what I took out of that yeah because I think there, there is the thing of you know we've all been there probably in our sales history filling out endless reports that probably aren't used for anything other than to just to give someone somewhere a sense of comfort that something's happening whereas John's talking about analyzing the data for insights and doing something about it which I think is the the important thing it's not reporting for reporting sake it's reporting for management information upon which you analyze and take actions to improve the productivity of your sales team I think is is, is an important important thing yeah, but that's what John's saying. A good sales manager will do that and take yes. the data and analyze it, and then make changes to uh, as appropriate. But you did say that the best salesperson is not necessarily the best sales manager. Um, I mean, you lose your best salesperson by doing that anyway. Uh, but you also said they need respect from the the sales team. Mm. So, if the person who's a sales manager is not as good a salesperson as them, and they must be doing something else then that gets them that respect. So what aspects of non-sales capabilities does a good sales manager have that garners respect from the sales team? I, th- I think they've got to be genuine. Um, they've got to be a good leader. Um, they, they are really facilitators for the sales team to help them be productive. So to ensure they've got the right materials and equipment, to make sure that they... Um, uh, uh, develop their skills and abilities and to be there to mentor them so they might not be the best salesperson um, but as a sales manager it, they, they need to understand the qualities required to enable their salespeople to become very successful and so, their job really the sales manager is to make salespeople successful um, n- not to sell that's yeah. they're there to manage and lead and develop the capability and the competency of the team. So the respect comes from them being shown to be helpful and helping their team in achieving their job. Absolutely. Yeah. And they've got to be passionate about it. Um, you, if, if you've got a, got a salesperson out there who's you know, uh, highly productive, they're developing um, lots of prospects, they're um, uh, issuing 20 proposals a week, but they're only converting two of them, then you, you don't need to be a good salesperson to understand that from a productivity and quality point of view, there's a problem. Yeah. So, you know, what's the problem? Can I ask you a question about another uh, set piece within the life of the sales manager, that being the sales meeting? Um, and as we all know, most salespeople, when questioned at the end of a sales meeting about the value of it, would probably utter, quote, it was a complete waste of time, unquote. So on those sales meetings that you've sat in on, what what do you think needs to happen in those sales meetings in, in order for the individual salespeople to leave the meeting muttering that was a fabulous half day and I've got a huge amount of value out of it? What would What would need to happen? It's a really interesting question, I, I, because I think sales meetings sales meetings are hugely expensive. Um, I've seen sales meetings take place where they're more of a social than a productive environment in which to learn 
or, or to improve your skills and knowledge. Um, where I've seen it work really well is where the salespeople come together and they know in advance that they are required to uh, uh, present some topics. And those topics might be information around competitors and evaluation of competitors' strengths and weaknesses. It might be a, um, a question of um, what's worked really well in the previous month in terms of uh, um, product or service selling. Um, it might be issues around um, uh, capability to deliver, which you feed back to the, to the organisation. So you've got a, um, you know, that the sales process is being undermined by product or service weakness. Um, and that information sharing process enables the entire sales team to benefit all at the same time. So all boats go up really. Everybody benefits from sharing experiences, market intelligence and information. And, and also you get a bit of peer pressure because um, you get a bit of competitive behaviour because salespeople are deeply competitive. So you get a bit of competitive behaviour that is always trying to um, uh, impress and, um, uh, and share something with the rest of the team that you're pretty confident that they didn't know before they walked in the room. Harnessing the uh, competitive spirit can get a interesting, but I think your point's really, really valid for the sales managers. Let's say the average sales manager listening in's got, say, eight people working for them, something like that. Your point about them being hugely expensive is that not only is that the sales manager time, that's eight lost sales days. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure you justify those lost sales in the value that sales meeting brings to those eight people I've sat in far too many where it's just a you know a lame number crunching exercise and like you say good good chance to have a cup of coffee and have a chat but you know how do you make everyone I love the analogy of all the boats rising together by sharing the best practices you know that's a that should be your responsibility as a sales manager if you're taking them off the road for the day it's costing you eight lost sales days work out what that costs your business yeah. and make sure that day brings that value I like the uh, level of involvement that uh, John was advocating <coughs> yeah. there because as we know most salespeople would see a sales meeting as a creeping death yeah. Yes. Where you go around the room one at a time, one poor, poor soul is sweating, uh, the other seven are busy looking at their mobiles uh, because they're totally bored and disconnected. So I, I love that level of input and involvement that John is advocating there. And to probably to link back to one of John's earlier points, if you get in the right management information from your salespeople on an ongoing basis, you don't have to use the sales meeting as the number contributing session, mm. which is what takes a horrendous amount of time and is very, very unproductive and, and pretty gruesome, isn't it, when you sit there, sit there going through it. That should already be there, and then maybe you can act on some of your insights yeah. from the management information in the sales meeting. Maybe we'll look at conversion ratios or something and how we can how we can raise the game raise the game that way any closing thoughts gentlemen um i just think it's fascinating that um you, the point you made about lots of businesses automatically think you know the best salesperson should be the um sales manager which is actually meaning they're not focusing on the things that simon's just said you know the cost of running that meeting they're not focusing on the cost of appointing that person because that comes at a cost yeah. and they focus on okay it's a salary and all of that but it, what about the lost lost money and I are too many businesses not looking at the true costs of their 
what they, their sales operation. That's and I think just, just what I get from just that. for the sake of anybody who's listening in, who is the top performing salesperson in their organisation and is listening to this episode because they want to be a sales manager, we're most definitely saying that the top salesperson can't become a very effective sales manager. But you're going to need some other skills as well yeah. to be a successful sales manager that that John, for example, has outlined. So if you are yeah. listening to this because you aspire to be a sales manager, you will need to understand the different skill set required than being the top performing salesperson in your in your team. I think what I've taken out of that is that John uh, has looked and is still looking for sales managers who are leaders, not bosses, yeah. uh, coaches, not commanders maybe, and people who are listeners as opposed to performing. Yeah, thank you. That's uh, that's really great. I love the facilitator to help salespeople become successful description, John. That was that was fantastic. Thank you, thank you very much. Wow, what a great episode there from uh, the contributions from from John Lowe. I'm and also helped here by Mr. Phil Jessen and Graham Jones. I'm Simon Hazeldean from the Sales Chat Show. You can find a host of other episodes to download and or stream at our website saleschatshow.com. And uh, we just like to wish you good luck and good sales management. Thank you very much for listening. You have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling.